Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Uh, can I refer to my notes? You may. Yeah, um, they did take on tyres, confirmed on the number 10. Uh, also got an update on the number 7 Porsche for you. And that is a, a shifting problem towards the end of the stint. So they've uh, they've plugged the computer in to see if they can get to the bottom of it. Uh, it remains to be seen whether they have. And as we saw, the car is back out there. And hopefully without a shifting problem. Also getting an energy alarm. And the chap I spoke to, he said, I don't even know what that means. And I said, I thought, oh, right, okay. I know somebody who might. Uh, just a couple of bits and pieces from uh, the from notes yesterday I've, I've, I'm not sure whether I'm meant to mention this but uh, yesterday afternoon we've had a couple of people asking various questions um, on Twitter that I, I've been sort of leaving aside um, eagle-eyed people uh, around the circuit spotted yesterday and I have to say I did as well uh, Jerry Bruckheimer with an entourage of people here yesterday and um, he doesn't do things without a reason. He's big into his cars, of course, um, but a potential for IMSA to be involved in a major motion picture that has been put together at the moment. And if you are into those sort of things, if you put two and two together, you do not necessarily have to make anything more uh, than that. Uh, penalty for the number 60 car. Th that is the Myshank Racing Machine. So that was a penalty for that car doing a drive-through, Peter Mackay. Um, or was that a very quick pitch up? No, that would be a pit stop, I think. Uh, Nick Dearman? This time. Just a uh, it looked like a drive-through to me. I mean, I, I was popped out and it was trundling along. I know it comes right from the end. And it's, it is Joe's, Joe's end. But I would say that was more likely a drive-through, but you will have the lap time and you'll be able to tell me in about a minute. They, did, they didn't see anything come up on the race control for a penalty, uh, and they were due a pit stop. They were 31 just a laps, that yeah, was. Yeah, they were right on a pit stop, so uh, we'll, we'll get back to you on that one. We'll try and find out. Uh, with nothing on race control uh, list as well, so we'll see. What uh, I don't have on the screen is a time for the pit stop, unfortunately. Uh, I'll just have to scroll through. So the last pit time... Uh, doesn't have that. I'm sure the, the folks down in pit lane will get uh, get on top of it as well. Uh, so number seven, Team Penske Porsche Motorsport uh, machine back going again after some uh, the mechanics looking just to the right hand side of the driver opening the right hand door. Yeah, of that the was car. ages ago. That's, no, I know that, but that's yeah. where the, that's where a lot of the battery and the MGU uh, is going on. That car is obviously yeah. back going. Again, as, as John said. And we've got the um, 25 BMW in. Joe Bradley's there, and he has news of that number 60 stop. No, I'm afraid I'm not at the BMW pit, but I am at the Myershank Acura pit, and there was no baffled looks when I said, have you guys just had a penalty? No, is the answer. That was a straightforward pit stop. Just sneaked in uh, without us noticing. Down to our left-hand side. Amazing watching the, the, the GTP cars coming out after having the difference of having putting pit uh, putting tires on if the tires are going on of course no tire warmers here in imsa 
and when they're going out of the pit lane, it is incredible how little how little grip they have. If they are double stinting the tyre, they go out and they've really got a big advantage. But of course, then it comes back when the tyre wears away at the end of the second stint. So this is going to be fascinating. Great work by Michelin, IMSA and the teams to get a product that really provides exciting racing, really interesting strategical stuff. Um, so, yeah, really, really cool uh, to see that. And we'll see that play out over the course of the night. Remember, we're not into the cooler part. We are expecting the minimum temperature to be, to be relatively high. Nick Damon is with the leader of LMP3, Rasmus Wind. Yeah, it's number 36. Now, interesting, they've, they've, they've given uh, Storms a problem. They've had to come at a, a, a jaunty angle because they were avoiding the car that was ahead of them. Uh, so they're going to have to get themselves moved around. I'm not sure the lock's going to make it happen. Full service, tyres and fuel. I think the driver may have stayed on board. It's a long, long fill. There's a lot of cars waiting to come. The P3s are very much all in a line with each other. They, they come in within a lap or so. Uh, but that was a very good stop. And he did actually manage to give it just enough right foot to kind of swear, swerve the rear back in to get out again. So uh, no time lost on the uh, strange positioning in the pit box. Don't think it's going to be long before uh, our pit lane reporters, Nick Damon, she, Adam, Joe, Bradley, get to see a lot of GTD cars, a lot of them approaching the end of their stint in the next few laps. Uh, they run to just about 55 minutes, 15, 55 minutes in an hour, depending on their strategy. Uh, we heard um, from uh, Ollie Milroy saying that the number three uh, Corvette uh, appeared to be doing quite a lot of fuel saving. Uh, as well, so you know for sure that Corvette Racing, whatever there's, whenever there's a strategical game, whenever there's a execution in the pit stop game, they are absolute demons at it, and uh, they know how to maximise a race operation. They've won this event so many times. Can you imagine Corvette Racing? Their first ever race as a team was here 24 years ago, 1999. Yep. Uh, did they not do Petit I don't think so. I think this was their first uh, their first race as a as Corvette racing as we know it uh, today. Well, Amazing we, can ask, we can ask our guest actually. Oh, I will get um, found out then if I've Doug got it wrong. He's <laughs> uh, going to join us in a little while. Two heart of racing cars coming in together. That's uh, I think Nick Damon's end of things. Is it? Uh, oh no, that's Joe's not close enough to see that. So let's uh, see if we can pee it over the top. Oh no, Joe's there. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm just maybe we're down there and trying not to get run down by the number 12 uh, Vassar Sullivan Lexus and the 14 being put out, almost clobbered me. That uh, the part of racing Astons, both cars in at the same time, pretty much exactly at the same time. Fuel going into the 27 as I've caught up. The 27's off the jacks. So the Joe, we're going to uh, take it back from you. We've had an incident on the circuit and that is a collision with the side of the track and there's a bit of damage to the number 85 this is the jdc car and the decane of mason felipe looked like he's uh, broken the suspension on the rear yeah he has he's hit the concrete quite hard uh, in the area of the infield coming down to the international hairpin He's got a very, very long way to get that car back, I think. Uh, now, what I don't know is whether uh, he got help to get down there. May just have been coming out of the pits, or at least one lap out of the pits. And it's actually at the west end uh, of 
No, no, it's not. It's at the international hairpin, and he's pulling off right in front. I should have gone with it before. There's a BMW safety car there. We can see that by the lights. That's really smart thinking. He's not going to try and get all the way around, and we've been saved from a full course caution. And what he's got to do now is try and get it back into the pit. A legitimate 31 laps, as Jeremy was telling us, for the number 60 of Acura of Simon Pagano. No yellow flag in that session. That's a fuel run at all. At IMSA Radio 4 on Twitter, if you want to get in touch with us. Corvette in from the GTD Pro League. Joe Bradley's there. Yep, just tyres and fuel, no driver there, pretty standard. Oh, man! The way that Corvette pulls away, he should just be given the trophy now. Just maximum wheel spin to get that uh, rubber scrubbed off, isn't it? Fabulous to see. It's almost like it has a burnout mode, isn't it? Tommy Milner now on to his second stint behind the wheel. Antonio Garcia started that car, Jordan Taylor taking it on to the second stint now then is Tommy Milner on board right now the windward car is in as well that's the 57 Mercedes that car has uh, come over from Texas uh, in the truck after the unfortunate incident on Thursday and uh, off it goes running a great race so far Russell Ward uh, bringing that car into pit lane and it seems that it's not just an issue for the GTP uh, cars uh, coming out of the pits on, on cold tyres the uh, GTD cars are really having to work hard to get the tyre temperature in. Tommy Milner having to move the wheel back and forward quite aggressively to generate as much temperature in his uh, mission tyres as possible. Of course, for so many years, Corvette racing in the GTLM category where they use the uh, what's called a, a confidential tyre, Michelin confidential tyre, um, which is basically a tyre that's developed for them. Uh, whereas when they moved to the GTD category at the beginning of uh, last year, um, when the GTLM category stopped, they then went on to a customer tyre, and that's been the biggest adjustment for the Corvette racing team, but uh, the thing about whatever problem that it presented to them, they, they solve it pretty quickly, that's for sure. An incredible organisation. Uh, so I, I think uh, their long-term presence in motorsport, 25 or 24, 25 seasons of Corvette racing. You look at the Corvette corrals here at Daytona; it's packed full of Corvettes. Same at Le Mans, and that that um, fan following only comes from a consistent presence in motorsport, in my opinion. Yeah, and when you think that Audi had something similar going on with a, a very different type of car, and that's all dissipated in the last 18 months. They built it up over you know, three decades, and they've managed to lose that completely within 18 months. It's, I find that extraordinary, I really do. Yeah, good point, very good point. Um, so the, the, the two, uh, oh no, yes, well, actually, the uh, number zero one uh, Cadillac of Scott Dixon, it looks like got onto the lead lap as we have the two Acuras side by side into the Le Mans chicane and That's it's the number 10, position. it is. That's the change for the lead. Philippe Albuquerque takes the lead for Konica Minolta Acura goes by Simon Pagino. So Simon Pagino, 
he is nine minutes into his stint, so he's got another 40 minutes. And of course, remember, he's on to the second stint of those tyres now, so it's switching around. Albuquerque's got fresh boots on, so, so it's back and forth all the time. That's seven seconds in five laps that have been oh, uh, pulled back. So there, there is a, a tyre advantage on the second stint. No choice but to double stint these tyres because you do not have enough tyres to go all the way through the race and there's part of the tyre all allocation was being used on the the raw weekend as well for the GTPs. They have, coming up in three minutes time, the option to go onto the SLT, the low temperature tyres. The HT, the higher temperature tyres, you can use them any time in the race. You've got 12 sets of low temperature tyres, which you may only use an off for the Iron Dames, Iron Dames number 83, the bright purple, pink Lamborghini. Sarapovi. That that was an outlap, so that is, uh, there we go, off on the outlap. I said we'd be talking about that a lot. Temperature is now coming down on the circuit. 70 uh, Fahrenheit on the track, uh, 63 in the air. I wonder if we could see the uh, high temperature tyre uh, trebled in the night. I that's a tough one, is that isn't a, it? Uh, Michelin are, are probably saying, oh, yes, or oh, no. Um, it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on it um, to see what's what there as well. It's a new Tra challenge for the teams. Uh, tra temperature still sitting 70. at 70 yeah. Fahrenheit. What's that? Uh, hasn't changed much, to be honest, through the day. Uh, in real money, that is... Uh, 21 air temperatures only just dropped down to 17 it's been sitting at 18 19 the track temperature is coming down but gently the forecast is to sort of linger at that air temperature all night yes uh, that's what's forecast what happens we'll see but uh, that's what we've got to run off at the moment um so it's accurate one two at the moment philippe albuquerque for wayne taylor racing with andretti autosport the konica minolta car a very familiar car, number 10, painted blue and black with Konica Minolta branding, but with the addition of Andretti Autosport, uh, a real big change for that team uh, this year, and uh, it, everything points to it being a very positive step in the future. Oh, off the Rizzi Ferrari, number 62 Rizzi Ferrari, off at the International Horseshoe, and rejoins the car's got... That's another outlap. That's another an outlap. outlap for yep. Daniel Serra. So you've got factory drivers... Um, you know, being caught out with it. So it's not just uh, um, the drivers with less experience. That is a factory Ferrari driver. Um, he's struggling to get on top of that. So this is going to be the story of the night, I think, John. Daniel Serra, very highly thought of. He's going to be part of the prototype team, isn't he? Uh, uh, there's one driver in that car who isn't. Hold on, hold collar, <laughs> I'll tell you. Uh, Daniel Serra, no, he is ah. not. Uh, Alessandro Perghidi and James Vlado right. are. That's Serra right. and Rigon are not. But there's going to be plenty for them to do, I'm sure, with the new 296. So uh, we are 18 hours and 40 minutes to go here at the 61st Rolex 24 Hours at Daytona. And down in the uh, fast MD pit, Antonio Cervalia just had a second place in the P3. It's very action-packed out there. Yeah, it's very packed. Uh, it's first time here, so 
to get used to everything with all the cars. Uh, it took a lot of time, but uh, yeah, it's very packed, and uh, I think our pace is okay so far right now, and uh, we're just working at it right now. P3 is a tricky car because you're faster than some of the cars and slower than the others, so you're having to both look forward and look behind the whole time. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you got to look uh, every way in this track. Uh, there's all cars coming by you all the time, but uh, I think we're getting there. So. Well, you've got because of nine identical cars in a, well, nine very similar cars in a class. How can you as a team, how does the team make the difference? Just by uh, spotting and uh, strategy a lot. So just put us uh, in the right place all the time. Anthony, thank you very much indeed. Thanks, Nick. Um, great work there down in the pits. Um, tweet coming in on IMS, at IMSA Radio. Send us all your questions uh, in on at IMSA Radio. Uh, Joshua Barrett, hello, Joshua, uh, says, are the GTP cars are required to double stint tyres or is it for all classes? Uh, just the GTPs are a little bit more restricted on their uh, their tyre usage uh, as well. Uh, so they're going to have it a little bit more uh, uh, to, to look at for, for those and of course have the two different options of a low temperature tyre which they can now use uh, and a high temperature tyre. The low temperature tyre can be used between 7 o'clock in the evening and 8 o'clock in the morning. So quite a wide window when they can use that uh, as, as well. Uh, so we have just gone past that hour now, 7 o'clock in the morning. Just gone past midnight uh, back in the UK. So if you're uh, watching from over there uh, in Europe, we hope you're enjoying this uh, momentous uh, 61st Rolex 24-hour at Daytona, the arrival of the GTP category, brand-new prototype machines from uh, Acura, Cadillac, Porsche and BMW all taking part in this brilliant uh, race and it's led at the moment by Konica Minolta Acura car number 10 by 1.5 seconds Pippo Durrani in third in the number 31 uh, Action Express Cadillac 19.5 seconds further back then it's the first of the Porsches in fourth car number 6 Dane Cameron uh, 32.3 seconds back from the lead Errol Bamber is in fifth uh, 0 2 uh, Cadillac, that's the WEC car, the World Endurance Championship car that's guested here. Uh, 36.5 seconds back from the lead. And Scott Dixon's managed to get himself back onto the lead lap after, well, great work from the Chip Ganassi crew uh, after being hit from the back uh, by by an LMP3 car. Uh, again, not, not no fault of either car, uh, more a matter of circumstance. He's sitting in sixth position at the moment. Then in seventh, it's Michael Christensen uh, for Porsche Penske Motorsport and Colton Herta, eighth in the BMW M Hybrid V8 for Team RLL. And any G GTP car that stops now, Peter, of course, will be able to put yes, the that's low right. temp tyre on because it is three minutes past seven. That's right. And, uh, well, Scott Dixon, of course, is slightly off strategy, so he will drop back off the lead lap when he, when he pits. That's, uh, that's worth uh, worth noting. And he should actually be Scott Dixon into the pits quite soon in the 0-1 Cadillac racing machine, probably in the next two laps. I'm in reliably informed, very reliably okay. informed. Um, Just want to run through some retirements and okay. they are retirements they've been declared as such uh, Roberto Lacourt in the 47 Chetilar car after contact with a Corvette I think it was very early on in the race that one is officially retired Gar Robinson's set Ranch 74 Riley the Ligier in LMP3 that was an engine issue there were fluids 
where fluids ought not to have been, i.e. in the outside world, that is a retirement. Only the two retirements officially uh, at the moment. We're keeping an eye on one or two other cars uh, that have gone missing, uh, including the tower, uh, excuse me, the 85 to Ken, the TDC Miller car, that car, uh, the uh, JDC Miller car, that, that car, contact with the wall, suspension damage, but it was limping back to the pits. It's not shown back in the pits yet because it was coming back through the infield. So if you're looking at the Alcamel uh, timing, then you'll see an S next to it. Um, that doesn't mean it's necessarily out on the circuit. It just means it's gone missing. I suspect it's in the paddocks. Right. Stops for the recent car. Scott Dixon has just come in. That was 29 laps in the 0-1 Cadillac racing car. Porsche number seven, just 15 laps for Michael Christensen. And that was the car that was getting rebooted it, early not, on with gearbox issues. I, I wonder if there's, there's either a fault in our timing screen or it's behind the wall, the number seven Porsche Penske, because it's not in its pit box and it's showing as in the pits. But I can see it's not in its pit box. The car number seven, Michael Christensen, Porsche Penske Motorsport. So it may have been pushed. It may have been pushed behind the wall. Uh, either that, or it's a, a glitch in our timing uh, screen, which is highly unlikely. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that one uh, as it develops, and we'll get the information to you as quick as we have it here in the booth. As the gap at the front actually stretched out quite a bit as Philippe Albuquerque makes the full use of those brand new sticky Michelins and moving up 4.4 seconds ahead of Simon Pagino, who's in the kind now moving into the second half of his second stint on those set of Michelins. So, um, top job from uh, top job from Pagino, as always, and then. Pipo Durani sitting in third at the moment, 19 seconds uh, away from the leader. It's Peter Mackay with me, John Hindoff, on the fifth floor. And the race continuing with 18 hours and 34 minutes to go. And I'm delighted to say we're about to welcome an old friend back to IMSA Radio. Well, in fairness, we're all old now. Uh, to be absolutely brutal, but I'm delighted to see still a friend, and that is the one and only Doug Fian, former programme manager, Corvette Racing. Hello, Doug. How are you? Happy New Year. I'm I'm terrific, and Happy New Year's to you as well. I, I can't think of a better way to kick it off. No, indeed. New era, uh, new Corvette down there. Come on, you must have been down there to see that new Z06 GT3. Uh, I, it was interestingly enough, it was just coincidental. I happened to be wandering by, and they were announcing uh, they were announcing the fact they're building a new car, and I happened to be there to see that. Yeah. Uh, how, from your situation, are you look now still involved in this because you've still got consultancy work and still involved with with GM clearly they're never going to let you go you realize that you're part of the furniture now you're listed <laughs> on the assets list uh, you know that um, just just give me an, a, a view of, of what you're seeing in this IMSA paddock particularly in the the WeatherTech sports car championship but across the IMSA championships the pilot challenge as well well you know having done this for really most of my life uh, I don't think we've ever been in a better spot in road racing in America and, and possibly, I mean, you want to say it, the world. 
when you look at the entry list, the uh, number of manufacturers that are involved, uh, you and I know that, that we've run this series with two, three, and four manufacturers, and you're out there now and you see just the wide variety. Everybody is participating on some level or another. Uh, some of the best news, I was talking to my friends over Ford. Uh, they'll be back next year, which brings a whole new element to the f- to, to the excitement for the fan See base. See that new car at Sebring, actually. They're yeah. going to un- unveil that new yeah. car. Yeah, yeah. they'll be showing Sebring. theirs, and they'll, they'll be in competition, I think, at, the, at this race next year, I'm guessing. Uh, it, it's just, we, we've never been in this position before. We've never been in this position before. The, 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 the world of sports car racing has never been healthier. And I, and I think when you look at for the reasons why, I mean, obviously brand relevance plays a huge role in that. When people can go out and look at what they're, what they're you know, watch what, what's racing and, and be able to go and buy it in the showroom. Uh, the technology that's in the P-level cars. Oh. Uh, it's just, uh, if young people are fascinated by it. I mean, I can share this with you. When we look at the Corvette C8, which is, uh, which is for, for me, was uh, the, the final distillation of a career spent at Corvette. That was, if you look at the original uh, program as I presented it to John Middlebrook, the idea was this technology transfer thing and, and, and where, where production and racing become one. And the C8 is the uh, is really the epitome of yeah. uh, of that program. Almost 50 percent of our buyers of C8 have never owned a Chevrolet product. Really? Yes. They are conquest buys. They are conquest buys. They are people who have obviously followed Corvette, followed Corvette racing, and the C8 was enough to kind of put it over the top for them. Uh, when you look at the performance, the, the price, and the utility, there's not another vehicle on the planet that comes close. So That's we're, we're pretty proud of that. Stay with us for a little while, Doug. Uh, confirmed now that the number seven Penske Porter Motorsport 963 is in the garage. It's in a state of undress. Joe Bradley is on its way there. A couple of, of uh, tweets coming in. Mickey Heath asking, why are tyres for low temps only allowed to be used between times and not st- uh, specified temperature? Uh, that is a, a reasonable point, but at some point you've got to say um, the timings, where it is. I, I, where's the official? I suppose where's the official um, temperature? Uh, it is seven tonight to eight tomorrow morning, um, and actually it's a lot warmer than anyone was expecting. Um, so Josh Barrett asking, is it just the GTP cars that are required to double stint tyres now? Is that for all classes? All cars uh, are giving are being given fewer sets of tyres to try to make uh, things uh, a little more sustainable. Joe Bradley has made his way to the uh, Porsche, the Penske Porsche garage. Joe, what are you seeing there? Yeah, massive amount of work going on here. Remember, I told you they kept having an energy warning light. Yes. Uh, well, that's led to them having to change the batteries. Right. Uh, and is that a twi- is that the work of a- just one second, Joe? We've got the Iron Links car going slowly on the down on the apron as well. I'm looking to see if I can see any damage on that, and actually I can't. I think we put who did we put into the Iron Links? It was out. It came out not very long ago. Was it Sarah Bovey? Yes, it was. Um, I seem to remember mentioning Sarah's name. She's clearly got a problem. Had a an off at on the on the outlet. At, uh, on the outlap at the Western 
Horseshoe. Joe, have you had a uh, have you had an estimate from the yeah. uh, the Porsche Centre down there of, we of, have, uh, we have, of we the have. job time? You, you know these guys have, uh, have been stripping these cars up and down for the last few months now. So 20 minutes for the battery change, about add on another 10 or 15 minutes for whatever it takes to get at them, and uh, that's the total job time. Okay, thank you, Joe. Where is the battery pack on that car? I, I, I seem to remember, and I, I, I get this wrong, Andrew Cotton from Sports Car, uh, from um, Race Car Engineering, um, will tweet it through to me. I, I've got a feeling that's an offset battery pack. Is it in one of the side ports? The battery pack it, on that car. It's, it certainly looks that's like the uh, the area where they're uh, they're looking. Um, I don't. You can't get too close to them. They, you know they've, they've got a lot going on there and I can't get towards that end of the car right. to, to kind of see properly but uh, I think I'll it's the opposite side of the car to the driver it's because uh, it's about 70 kilos so it balances out the driver it's an asymmetric design that uh, Multimatic uh, LMDH GTP chassis from memory yeah I'll, 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 I'll loiter with intent loiter with intent indeed I've got uh, Doug Feehan here uh, the real Slim Glake, he says, can you ask Doug how excited are the GM folk about having the Chevy NASCAR as the invitation to the Le Mans 24 hours? Uh, and are they as excited about the extension of reach as we are as fans about listening to it, hopefully for 24 hours going round and round? <laughs> well, yeah, we're excited. I think it shows really when you think about it. You know, tw 25 years ago, we started with this Corvette thing, mm. and there wasn't a lot yeah. of... Here, right here, right here, this 1999. Yeah. yeah, our very first race. You know, and there wasn't a lot of uh, there wasn't a lot of enthusiasm inside the corporation for that. It was the first factory-backed Corvette race program since the car was built in the, back in 1953. Look at how far we've come now with the diversity that we're displaying in racing, uh, especially at Le Mans. I mean, we'll have a Corvette, we'll have a Ca Cadillac GTP, and we'll have a NASCAR with a, with with Which electrification. Is a effectively, is yeah. I, I mean, you, you talk about a company that didn't have much interest in 25 years later. I mean. I mean, we're all in on this deal. So, yeah, the excitement level is really high. I, I'm going to give you something for the guys at, uh, at GM Marketing. I've just realized it is the centenary uh, celebration event of Le Mans. Uh, and with those three entries that you've uh, mentioned, GM are making it a bow tie event, aren't they? Yes, we are. And it's uh, <laughs> seven, 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 event, 70th anniversary of Corvette as well. Yeah. So, so beautifully well. I, I, you know, it's just it's just a, a real testament. To, uh, Mark Royce has done a marvelous job yeah. in championing racing and uh, showing the value. It's so much more than a checkered flag and a trophy. If you can embed racing into deep enough into your company, uh, you know, you attract young talent to the engineering group. You attract, attract young talent to your marketing, your advertising. Uh, it, it, it's it's so much more than just crossing the finish line first. So, with that in mind, the new GTP, what we would have seen is. DPI 2.0 because they were in the works quite some time ago. Right. IMSA encouraging the manufacturers to make even more styling cues. There's no doubt that those Cadillacs look like Cadillacs from the wheel design to the, the, the door mirror design to the headlamp. They call it lighting signature now, don't they? Yes. In, in auto speak. Right. All of that. Does that make it easier for the person who's now doing your job at Corvette and for Laura Wontruck-Klausner, who's in, at the head of racing, to be able to say, look, there's relevance here how it looks as well as 
how it performs. If you do a good enough job on that design, you don't have to tell people, all right? They will see it, and they will appreciate it. You know, they've done a marvelous job with the Cadillac. I'm hoping other manufacturers follow suit. You know, back in 2000, 2008, we came very, seven or eight, we came very close at ACO to having the cars, you know, a new prototype class where the cars looked, I mean, a lot like what the production cars did. So that got lost. We're back now. Uh, Cadillac's following suit. The design guys, I think, did a marvelous job. It's a stunning design on that car, and unmistakable styling cues with Cadillac. Uh, to me, that's that's a very, very, very important element. You heard me say that in my opening remarks. Product relevance, oh, yeah. brand relevance. That's what brings people to the racetrack. Doug, stay with us. We're going to go for an update from Joe Bradley. He's managed to get to a position where he can see this battery pack replacement remember they were in earlier on they tried to fix this with a software fix the car's been running uh, very very hot rear brakes probably not getting the regen if the battery pack is not working joe what's happening down there and where is this battery pack situated well, well there's a lot of work going on so the battery pack is situated just in front well in front of the right rear wheel yeah uh, kind of at the point of the rear bulkhead of the cockpit and they've got a jacking platform there, but sort of the sort of thing that you would use to take a gearbox out of your Hillman Avenger. And it's kind of underneath. <laughs> That's a Plymouth cricket for those of you over here. <laughs> All right. Um, right. It's underneath that area of the car, and I'm presuming, because I've sent you pictures of the new battery pack, by the way, you're more eloquent in description. Um, so the, battery, the new battery pack is, is sort of off to the side, ready to uh, deploy. Uh, meanwhile, they're disconnecting everything. And this is what they must mean by the disconnecting and reconnecting of the system uh, because um, they're going to work there and then once they've got it all loose and disconnected etc um, they'll then lower it down on the platform wheel it out and then uh, subsequently put the next one onto the, the new one onto a, another platform and wheel it in um, so yeah not the job of a moment and uh, under this pressure well it's the first time they've done this under competitive pressure isn't it so um, much to their chagrin, it's quite good to see, uh, as I'm a bit of a technical geek. Uh, Nick Dearman watched something very similar going on with the BMW yeah. earlier on, and now has the Iron Dames 83 that was going slowly, the Lamborghini going very slowly. The battery pack is about to be offered to yeah. underneath the car. Now, this is, as we said, it's asymmetric. It's, it's to balance out the, yeah. the driver. You saw this early on. Yeah, it's, it's exactly the same thing as happened on the BMW. Wow. Uh, the same unit, because they are a standard unit, and the same, uh, as you say, Hillman, Hillman Avenger uh, gearbox jack putting it in. Now, I think, because the uh, BMW was behind the wall for a bit longer, they're also searching a couple of other things out, but that was their key change. Their key change was the energy store. Um, yes, the bad news of the 83, which is the uh, Iron Danes car, Sarah Bay with the wheel, that car has been pushed back behind the wheel. It's a long push because its, it's, its actual pit box is as far uh, to pit out as possible, and the uh, going back behind the wall is exactly halfway, so a big old push to the mechanics. That car is behind the wall with that Porsche, but that Porsche I expect will be coming back, well, I don't know, 20 25 minutes. The Iron Dames came back under its own steam, but slowly with Sarah Bovey behind the wheel, Nick. Uh, was it under power when it went past you, or did they have to push it from further down the pit lane, or was that just when they were taking it out of the pit lane? No, Nick? no, they, they got, it, got to the, it got to the uh, pit box. They had a look at it, but we can't fix it here, and had to push it all the way back right. and out uh, to, to get out into the, uh, behind, the, behind the wall. So gearbox issues for that Lamborghini battery pack 
being changed. This is not like just changing a couple of Duracells. I'm looking at the complexity uh, of that battery pack with its cooling systems, with all of the safety systems that's built into that. That is a substantial piece of kit. It's, I've, I've seen engines that aren't any bigger than that. Doug and I are just looking at the pictures that Joe, I'll tweet it out in a minute. Apparently that, that weighs 70 kilos, if that's, uh, or 100 kilos, excuse me. If it only if it only weighs seventy or hundred kilos, they're doing pretty well on that. On that, Doug. That's a lot bigger than what our small block push rod motor was. Yes, that was exactly <laughs> what I was. Exactly what I and, was. And that only weighs three hundred pounds. Yeah, that's extraordinary. I'll get that tweeted out when I get a moment. Uh, at him the radio, please, uh, Joe. You, if you can tweet that out on uh, on your Twitter, I'll I'll forward that on and, and tag him the radio on that. I'll forward it on. It is Philippe Albuquerque who leads in the Acura ARX06 for the newly minted WTR Andretti uh, from the similar car 14 seconds back uh, of Simon Pagino. He's fought his way back to the sharp end of the field in the number 60 Acura ARX06. Uh, doing a good job. Um, big names in US motorsport, Doug, coming together with Wayne Taylor Racing and Andretti. Andretti seeming to have under Michael's tutelage uh, fingers in many pies. They've done uh, uh, Formula E, uh, Extreme E. Looks like they've answered all the critics with Formula One. Oh, yeah, you're not going to bring anything, Mr. Andretti. You can't bring anything. Come back when you've got a manufacturer. Hello, hello, I'm back. Have you got a manufacturer? Yeah, GM, how's that for you? I mean, that's that's pretty impressive, isn't it? I... I... I'd have to agree. I don't think that... Uh, you can't turn him down anymore, can they? No, well, here's the thing. I mean, the world is getting smaller every single day. And and let's look at what's going on. I mean, this re reality show, this Formula One reality show, yep, in, in this country, yep. all right, has created Formula One race fans, of people who had never been to a race in their life of any sort. I mean, they haven't been to a horse race. And and now and now they're they're raging Formula One fans. And and we now have three Formula One fans in 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 America. Um, racing is taking on a whole new life that I have never witnessed before, and I, I couldn't be happier about it. And, uh, you know, the, the, the Cadillac announcement and teaming up with Andretti, uh, American-based, hopefully we'll see some action uh, from the FIA and from Formula One that allows them to come because we have to get approval before yeah. we do that. Okay. Further it, down the line, I'm yeah. not necessarily at the start. There's talk of a Renault engine being rebadged uh, to start with, but is it beyond the bounds of possibility that GM might win um, with some engine technology for Formula One. I mean, the, the tiny, the, the 1.6 uh, V6 engines, very thermally efficient engines, though, and, and you guys know about that. Yeah, yeah, Formula One level of technology is, is well beyond what we're seeing here today, but the fundamentals are the same, yeah. all right? Thermodynamics don't change. Physics doesn't change. The Piston speeds in the NASCARs yeah. nowadays are pretty much identical right. to and, what you see in Formula One. And those are two-valve motors with push yeah. rods in them. Yeah, yeah. When you see a slow motion of valve train, slow motion video of valve train, it's, a, it's amazing. You, it, well, it runs for five seconds. Um, I, I think when you, when you look at the things that Formula One offers, it, bringing the world closer together, uh, it's very, very attractive for manufacturers. The technology that exists inside General Motors, and I can tell you this because I've not seen all of it, but I've seen some of it, is absolutely astounding 
on, on what they have going on there. I mean, it's astounding. Their capabilities are limitless. Now, is this? Can you develop a Formula One motor overnight? Certainly not. But do they have the capabilities? And and if they have the desire and the wherewithal to do that, there is nothing that they can't achieve. How are you filling your time now? Well, we always said I couldn't imagine you sitting in the window or going to play golf. So I can't imagine you've you've ducked out of of all things automotive. Well, we never want to rule out golf. Okay, let's get that out of the way right now. <laughs> uh, but 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 the fact remains, you know, my, my role as brand ambassador keeps me engaged with our customer base, which we work so hard to achieve. Uh, your customer base is what drives it. At the end of the day, John. At the end of the day, everybody here. From a manufacturer's perspective, their goal is to sell cars. Yeah. All right. That's I don't. You there's a million different reasons that you can get to the final distillation, but the idea is to sell cars, and you can't sell cars without customers. And thank you, thank you, thank you, you, and Jim Campbell down through the years. We now have Corvettes in the UK with the steering wheel on the right hand side. That is correct. I noticed you didn't say the correct side. You did say the right-hand side. Well, it started at the right-hand <laughs> side over here as well, if you go back That's to correct. Monty, and there was, a, And there was a reason why we changed that. I don't know what it is, but it must have been good. Uh, at, at any rate, um, you know, the, the fact that, that we have what I think IMSA has recognized and I think all our competitors have recognized, our fan base is, uh, is unequaled. Uh, they are dedicated. And by the way, in, in the world of Corvette, no one owns just a Corvette, okay? Nobody owns just a Corvette. They own SUVs. They own sedans. They own pickup trucks. And the idea is if you can get them under the tent and keep them enthused with Corvette, you got a real opportunity to get them into the, one of the other stellar brands, makes, and models that we produce at General Motors. Doug, so, thank you very much indeed for being with us. You know you're welcome here anytime. And let us know when you come to the UK, because uh, love to have you around. Well, yeah. you, you know, we, we go back a long ways, guys. I mean, we started in this thing, you and I both, about 25 years ago oh, yeah. here. I was, this is my, this is my uh, 25th year. Of there, there you Not go. Not like him. He's been around forever. Well, I just said this morning uh, when we started this race, uh, just said, as we're going down to turn one, thank you, Don Panos, for what yes. we're looking at here. Because without him, this would never have started. Honestly, guy, I'm telling you. I, I'm Mr. France. I could tear up right now. Uh, thinking about Don and, and, and what he brought forward because really we're all we are all enjoying what we are today based on what uh, on what Mr. France has done and what Don Panos has done. Don, Don was never so proud as to not want to team up with people for the greater good. Absolutely. We right. all love the guy. Doug Fayen, uh, GM and Corvette brand ambassador. Great to have him in the booth. Thank you, Doug. You take your ta- take uh, take care of yourself and we'll see you soon. We'll do that. Looking forward to seeing you at Sebring. All right, man. See you there. Bye-bye. Battle for the lead. Perfect timing, as ever, by Mr. Fian. Legend. Legend. And uh, great to see him back here. So the battle for the lead is between Philippe Albuquerque and Simon Paginot. Jeremy Short uh, is, has uh, rejoined us and uh, is alongside me. Uh, now and this has just been gently boiling up through traffic side by side. This could be the pass for the lead. No, no. team. Lap. Oh, excuse me. Right. Sorry. My apologies. Looking out in the darkness. Pagano 16 seconds further back. So this is another car going off the lead lap and people to running in the uh, Cadillac number 31 up now off the lead lap. The two Acuras, Jeremy, have been knocking out these lap times. Whatever anybody else does, they seem to be able to go two, three or four tenths of a second quicker when they need to. 
and they have better energy usage yeah. as well because they're doing longer stints. The last stint for the uh, number 60 car was 31 laps. For the number 10 car, it was 30 laps. Uh, so, you know, 60 car is getting, you know, a, a, on a fairly consistent basis, it's getting a lap more than, the, than, the, than anybody else. Nick the David. Sorry, Jeremy. Nick uh, David is watching a Porsche stop. That must be the number six there. It is the number six, the car that's currently running. It was a, it was a full service. Uh, tires, fuel, and I think the driver as well. I was quite, I was, I'm actually at the point of moving in, so I was walking towards it. I change ends, and coming towards me actually is the uh, 96 uh, Turner Motorsport BMW and GTD. Um, that's blocking my way. Behind it is one of the uh, leaders, the 51 or 52, sorry, the 52 in LMP2. So we're getting quite good now. We've had such a long run since the last yellow flag. We're getting people coming in randomly rather than all at once. The random's quite good. It gives you a chance to uh, scuttle around uh, in uh, in the pit lane and again in Le Mans style for me to send you to opposite ends of the pit lane. So, 29 laps that stint for the number uh, six car. Last in on 164 comes in now on 193. So that's two laps fewer than the number 60 car last time. So 11 minutes away from another in-race update. Let's give you a quick rundown of the leaders and the storylines. BMW number 25, the first of the GTP cars to hit problems came into the high voltage recovery area brought in by Nick Yellerly car sat there for a while until it was able to be made safe by the driver then extensive work car is now running it's completed 112 laps came in 32 laps completed I think Jeremy told me uh, has now completed 112 laps against 195 by the leader and then more recently problems for the number seven Porsche 963 trying to fix it with a software patch or some of some such or reprogramming thought it might have been a, an issue with the rear brakes they were heating up but it's a uh, something more fundamental in the hybrid drive line and the battery pack has been uh, has been identified as the culprit that is in the process of being changed at the moment 18 hours and 10 minutes to go and the fight back continues for a number of teams who have struggled uh, earlier on here comes the race leader Philippe Albuquerque into the pits they're having a look at the front end to make sure that the cooling ducts Ah, they're taping up some cooling ducts on the uh, the front of that car. Uh, and Nick Damon is on his way down to that yeah. car. They've got they've got gaffer tape out, Nick. Well, you should be thank, delighted. I am beyond delighted. Apparently, I missed some gaffer earlier on, but uh, well, it's quite a common thing. It must be the, the t there's very very little temperature variance this week in the forecast. I mean, it's only supposed to get down to 16 degrees at the middle of the night, and it's, and it's it hasn't been higher than about 18 at any point. 
So uh, the interesting thing is, is they, that you know, they are taping stuff like they're finding things being slightly warmer than they expected. In comes the two Cadillac. That was the standard stop for the Ted and Philip Albuquerque. In comes the Cadillac to the similar driver change on that one. And they're all doing a full service with tyres as well. And in comes the 24, which is, of course, the, the RLL BMW, which is, uh, the, which is still running to programme. And that is getting fuel and nothing else. So it's just fuel for 24, full service for the 02. And the number 10 got a full service. You're going to have to tell me the 10 changed drivers, John. I wasn't quite there in time. I would think not Philippe Albuquerque uh, due... Did you say the 10 had done tyres, the Cunningham and Alta car done tyres on? Yeah, it did tyres, yeah. Do you think it did tyres? The 10 did, yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Ah, now, I... Well, well you need to go and ask then um, if they've gone onto the um, LTs, the SLTs, because they're, they're well in the... able to do that, but I wouldn't have thought he needed a tyre change. They've been double-stinting the, the HT tyres, haven't they? Jeremy quite 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 successfully there is a performance drop off at the end of the second stint so we'll get Nick to run down or have a look maybe accurate he's Nick is sashaying he, he never runs anywhere it's just undignified I agree with him uh, for that only run if you're being chased three wide on the banking GTD, LMP3, and uh, GTPs. In fact, four wide. LMP2, and now the GTPs come off the track. All four classes through the tri-oval at the same time. Get a picture of that if you're sitting trackside and listening on 107.9 here at Daytona. Sirius XM 207. And, of course, around the world on IMSA Radio RS2. Uh, coming up to the first tranche of points, Jeremy, in seven minutes' time for Michelin Endurance Cup. So uh, that's at the 18-hour mark, isn't it? At six hours. Alex Lynn just out of the pit lane. Colton Herter has taken over the number 24 BMW M Hybrid. Those cars coming up to pace a little slower. Rooftop Ray getting ready for his stint up on the top of the roof where the hardy spotters are as well. Although we have had a few spotters and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say which I, I, I think are more sensible. I suppose it depends whether they can do their job but they're sitting in the little press room that's a couple of doors along from us. And that was, was it BMW going off? I think it might have been. Colton Hurts. Uh, well, we've got uh, a Porsche GT3 car. It's the AO car that had all those problems earlier on. Has picked up one of the sponsor signage boards. And uh, that car was well down. It's got uh, David Brulet behind the wheel of it. And he just went off at the kink. And, well, he might not get himself a Rolex watch at the end of this, but he's got himself a Rolex banner. It is the next best thing. I think you may have to come into the pits to have that removed. Now, there are some ducts at the front of that Porsche. Engine at the back, of course, 4.2 litre now. That is uh, not going to do the aero any good and not going to do his temps any good either. 
Zoli on his way back. So, gets to the pit lane. So, Nick Damon, you're about to have an AO Porsche going towards pit out, uh, which is going to need a Rolex banner removing from the front. Say again, Nick? Yeah, I can say he's not doing it the right way around, though, has he? Because he's actually got it, so he's got the back put Oh, yes, so good it's, point. It's, it's just white, so there's no chance of get asking for an extra 20 quid. Interesting, the Rolex marketing people are, are sitting opposite Joe and I in the press room, so... Uh, They've missed an opportunity there, so I'll make sure I'll, I'll, I'll say we're that close to getting some extra minutes on the TV. Uh, by the way, I was just at the back of the gar uh, garages, or the, and about 15 uh, Penske Porsche people ran past me, so my guess is that we've maybe seen the seven quite soon. Thank you. That's the car that's been having the battery change. Looks like they're just checking the front splitter on that GT3. Oh. oh no, that was just a shadow underneath the car. Bizarre, I, I thought yeah. I thought the whole front splitter had come apart from the bottom of that uh, number 80 swap shop EO car. It was just the shadow underneath the that car, Jeremy. Really that was weird. my eyes playing tricks on myself. That was really weird. So 199 laps now completed by Simon Pagano and he last made his pit stop on lap 169, so it's looking like another 31 lap stint for the Meyer Shank racing Acura of our race leader. Now expect him in next time around. He's completed that uh, 199th lap, a 138.4. That's uh, you know, the only guy that's gone quicker than that is Philip Albuquerque, who's only just come out of the pits uh, on uh, on fr I think on fresh. We think on fresh tyres, so. Uh, the fact that he's gone this far is, I think, bodes well for Simon Pagano. And it's a full service for the number 60 Acura. Car looks in pretty good condition. I'm quite close to it now. I finally managed to up here. So obviously it's getting tyres, as you can hear. Uh, that's guaranteed. Just belting in the second driver. Obviously they're putting the virtual fuel in. And uh, I, won't, I won't ask you to explain why for a, a, a large amount of the time the fuel hose is actually connected. There's not actually any fuel going in. There's imaginary electric fuel going in which is mind-boggling but it does make sense when you actually read the reason behind it but that's just because the uh, pipes are connected does not mean fuel is flowing driver is aboard fuel hose is removed doesn't fire up immediately this is wasted time now they lost about three seconds with a repulsive starter motor but it did actually go in the end so uh, that'll solve them a bit of a worry there and they're off and away Castro Nevers, we believe, getting aboard that car. We'll know in a couple of minutes' time. I thought it was Elio. So he's not driven the car yet, and it would be the uh, him in rotation. They have gone through the drivers as they are listed on the entry sheet, actually, through the RFID reader. And indeed, Elio Castro Nevis's name is there. Uh, we're coming down to the end of another racing hour. One minute and 20, 19, 18, 17 seconds to go 
to the 18-hour mark, and this will be the first tranche of Michelin Endurance Cup points, just underlining how difficult it is early on. Castro Neves staying well out of the way of P2 and P3 cars as he came out the pits, down to the western end of the infield. Through to the high banks after he's gone through the very bumpy braking area at turn six. These are all danger areas on the outlap with new tyres. Let's uh, have a quick word with Simon Paginot before we go to our hourly update. Simon, you brought the car in where you want it from the front. It's um, how is the race? Is the race actually panning out as you and the team expected? Yeah, it's just better actually. Um, We've got a ton of pace in the car. It's really fast. Uh, it feels, it feels awesome. It doesn't really degrade uh, in terms of mechanical. So obviously we didn't know much about reliability going in. So far it's it's good, and we're controlling everything. We're saving the car a lot, um, and still we have pace. So uh, it's quite encouraging. Uh, able to go longer as well on, on pit stops. So. Uh, so far, so good. You had a bit of an instant early in your stint where you kind of, well, we had an instant with the tower car. Did you did you know what happened there? Uh, we, what? We, we had a kind of instant with the tower car. The tower car, you, oh, yeah. you got the warning. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I don't know what happened. Um, he kind of moved so to give me space, so I took it, and then he charged again going into the corner. I don't know if he was on cold tires or what it was. Misunderstanding, I think. Um, luckily, there was barely any touch so didn't damage the car you've got, you've got a car that's got less downforce than last year but more speed does that make it easier to get past cars here or harder much much harder um, the tires degrade quite a bit we were a bit we're quite a bit heavier uh, because of uh, how the cars are designed uh, so it's it's a handful out there you really have to take care of the tires be in a way gentle it's super difficult to pass cars so really have to be Thinking ahead, uh, pick your moments um, and know where your car is strong. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Simon Paginot always making himself available. Porsche. Uh, very distinctive rear light on that car right across the back of it. Running around uh, on the high banks. Ah, the Iron Dames are back out after that gearbox issue in the number 83. Had a problem earlier on. Sarah Bovey brought that car into the pitch. She's taking it back out again, continuing her, uh, her stint. Other cars that have had problems sitting further down. The Lamborghini Huracan, number 42. We've told you about the wars of the BMW Hybrid. So the Lamborghini Huracan... Uh, number 42, Alessio de Leda behind the the wheel of, uh, of that NTE sport car. That car went off and hit the wall, didn't it? And they've repaired it, they've got it back out again. Sarah Bovey, we've mentioned. Also the 96 Turner car. That had some problems earlier on, that BMW. Um, Michael Dynan now in that car. All these cars sitting outside the top 20 in their class and outside the top 50, just two official retirements at the moment. The 74, the Ranch 74, Ligier, the Riley Run car, and Roberto Lacorte and the rest of the Cetilla Ferrari team, the number 47. So still with 59 cars 
running and we're expecting to see the Porsche number seven come back in a little while. They have got in the battle with the BMW that's recovering. Actually, they've still got 60 laps on that car. So the, the difference being, of course, that uh, that BMW has been running quite nicely for a little while there, Jeremy, uh, since it uh, had its problems way back on lap 32. Yeah, that's true. And uh, the number 60 car uh, must have been a significantly longer stop, I think, than the number 10, because uh, before the round of pit stops, the number 10 led the number 60 car by about Six, 15, 16 seconds, which is now uh, more than half a minute behind him. Um, so they, we believe they both changed sides. We believe the number 10 car put on the, what we assume to be the uh, low temperature tyres, it being after seven o'clock, but it's come out with a significant advantage, 38 seconds actually, the gap between number 10 and number 60, and number 31 car, that uh, made its most recent pit stop uh, significantly sooner than everybody else. It came in um, at 7.14 after only a 15 lap stint, but we're thinking perhaps, well, we did, we, we, I don't think the car put on fresh tyres uh, at that point. Nick Damon was watching that. I don't think there was a problem in the pit stop itself per se. No, the, the pit stop, including tyres and driver train, took the length of time. This is the Acura number 60. Yes, sorry, the Acura number 60. It took the amount of time that the, the, the fuel hose was connected to the um, uh, the tank. Obviously, it's not always pumping fuel, but that is a timed amount to put back in your mega jewels. That, that was all done. Away went, the, they finished everything, they dropped the car. It took, I, you know, to me, five seconds, perhaps four or five seconds just to fire it, but that was the only non-perfect thing about that stop. Well, that's bizarre, because it's lost 20 seconds somewhere there. On the outlap, maybe? Well, um, what, was he, uh, what was his lap times? He, yeah, he was I mean, he's very up. cautious through turns one, two, three, four, and four. Th through turns three, yeah. four, and five. Yeah. Um, I mean, he said, Elio actually said to me on Wednesday, he said, when it gets cooler, you might see lap times that are 15 to 20 seconds off. Don't think we've got a problem. Yeah, for the first lap or so. Yeah. Yeah, no, maybe, maybe that was it. But certainly you know, he, he lost a lot more time than did the number 10 car after it made its stop, that's for sure. And uh, so Pippa Durrani now uh, having uh, been lapped by the number 10 car uh, is he's running now on a completely different schedule. He's He's pitting sort of halfway through one of the number 10 cars stints. So I would expect the number 31 car, assuming there's no, assuming that was a, a planned stop to get it onto the uh, the low temperature tires earlier than one would otherwise have expected. And I wouldn't, uh, I, I would think that car would probably stay out now for another 10, 12 laps. Uh, we've blown straight through our hourly update so let's put that right at 18 hours and a bit well as I say that we've got a problem for the inception McLaren that's just been off the track and is regaining speed I'm guessing that's an outlap for Brendan Arib yes it is so again just having to be a little bit careful let's quickly run through our VP Racing Fuel official coolant of IMSA in-race update uh, staying frosty at the front of the field is Philippe Albuquerque. He's got 20 and a half seconds on the Cadillac of Pipo Durrani. 
In third, it's Elio Castro Neves, just out the pit recently. Latest uh, issue at turn three was for Brendan Arib. And exactly the problem that we've been talking about, the challenge is getting the tyres up to heat when they come out with no uh, warming allowed. In LMP2, it's Rinas Vick here behind the TDS number 11 wheel. They lead comfortably from Francois Ayrault. Uh, in second and in third, Nico Lapierre for the number 52, so 35-52 for the two LMP2 machines. 35 being TDS, 52 PR1, Matheson Motorsport, the Paul sitting car. LMP3, Andretti, Rasmus Lind behind the wheel of 36 car, just rejoining Lionel Siegel for Sean Creech Motorsport and James French is in third position in LMP3 at the moment. That is in the 43 LMP3 car, which is the MRS GT racing car. Sorry, mine went blank completely there for a moment. Roskun leads GTD and is the best of the pro cars for Aston Martin and for Heart of Racing, their GTD car is in second with Marco Sorensen behind the wheel. Then the GTD Pro of Tommy Milner is the Corvette, just pitting Maxi Goats from second in GTD in the court off car. It's been a good run for that car. Third in GTD Pro, fifth overall is the Ben Barnicut driven Lexus, and then just pitting. Uh, Russell Ward out of third in GTD. That's your official coolant of IMSA. Stay frosty. And VP Racing Fuels in race updates. For more details about Stay Frosty and how you can keep your engine a little bit cooler, whether you're towing or tracking with your cars and all the VP Racing Fuels products, go to VP and their website, vpracingfuels.com. Uh, those two heart of racing cars, Nick Damon, have come in to see you and we'll have an update on that in just a second.